0: You've heard, haven't you, the little the little girl whose teacher was talking to her about whales one day. And the teacher said, Well, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human. Because even though whales are very large mammals, they've actually got very small throats. That's what she said. And the little girl said, Well, hey, well, hold on. Jonah was swallowed by a whale. And the teacher was pretty irri- irritated by now, so she reiterated to the whole class that a whale could not swallow a human. It's physically impossible. And so the little girl said, well, ma'am, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask Jonah. And the teacher's pretty cranky by now, so she says, well, what if Jonah went to hell? And the little girl said, well, you ask him then. <laughs> Yeah, you know, one of the wonders of my life, speaking of whales. October 2013, we went. We went as a family. Um, my kids were little then, uh, and we had Deb's mum and brother with us as well. And we went diving with whale sharks at, at Oslob on Cebu Islands, island in, in the Philippines. And there, here we are, right before we did it. Now, if you've ever snorkeled with a face mask on before, everything's loud in the mask, okay? If you've had the experience, you know. So you can actually, like when when you're in the mask, you can talk to yourself and you can hear yourself. And several times that morning while I was swimming around the water, I said to myself, I can't believe I'm doing this. (laughs) And here's here's Haley. Look at little Haley. And you can see there one of the whales in the, Sort of way back from her. There it is. And here's one, here's Deva. And and she's up a lot closer now to one of the whales. See the whale's right there. And they told us, like, you like we had this, you know, detailed briefing before we get out there, and, and you know, you gotta do all this stuff. And you're not allowed to go up and touch one of the whales. But if they bump into you, well, that's okay. <laughs> See, you know what that means? Like, you just position yourself accordingly. And I mean, and soon we dispense with those life jackets you saw Haley on with, you know. So, we wanted to get right down with those huge animals. You should. Have. It's one of the wonders of my life. And really they're just whale sharks, they're, they're, they're not big at all when it comes to real whales. And you've probably heard of Jonah, he's an Old Testament prophet from northern Israel and actually, actually he's a pretty well known figure. And I think even if you're not like a Bible scholar or even if you never go to church, like a lot of people have heard of Jonah, the guy who got swallowed by a whale, right? And even if the teacher says they can't, well, apparently he did. And maybe, too, you'd identify a bit with Jonah. The guy who got asked by God to go somewhere and do something that he didn't want to do. And more to the point, that didn't make any sense. You get that, don't you? Even if you wouldn't say, hey, I'm following Jesus, so you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, yeah? Well, you know, don't you? Like, you know the reputation Jesus has got, don't you? Oh, yeah, God just, God turns your life upside down. That's what they say. And he gets you doing all this stuff. That who, Who'd ever want to do that? Oh, that's no fun. He just makes you into a religious fruitcake. And I only got one short life here on earth. I don't want to be a fruitcake. Or God's made an ask of you, and and you didn't like it, and it didn't it didn't stack up, or it seemed downright foolish, or, or if you did what it what it was, it, it was going to uproot you and send you to live somewhere else, or you'd have to change your job, or you'd have to change your spending habits, or you'd have to change your business ambitions, or you got a, you got a trigger or two. Right now, and I could, if I was being malicious, you know what? I could do this even deliberately right now. I'm not joking. There are there's some things, aren't there? There are some things that I could say right now. Uh, things that I would believe with all my heart are totally true from the Bible. But I know it'd upset you. Like, what if I just said something mild? Like that Jesus loves Adolf Hitler and died on the cross for Adolf Hitler in exactly the same way as he loves you and died on the cross for you. What if I said that? What what if I... What if I said that Saddam Hussein right before he dropped off the gallows at the hands of the hangman? Split second before. And he acknowledged Jesus Christ as Lord. What if I said that Jesus promised that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Would apply to Saddam Hussein. Not feeling angry yet? Well, what if I said to you that, you know when they, they built, well they started the planning process to build the mosque in Bendigo and, and we had... Huge scale protests over that and and social media groups and watching groups and that. And the campaign against the mosque spearheaded by Christians. What if I said to you that somehow that doesn't match with Jesus who said I came here onto this earth to seek and to save lost people so what if I said to you that I can't in my wildest dreams imagine Jesus protesting against a mosque see I could fire you up of a few things couldn't I Maybe I already have. (laughs) Lucky we're on screen and you're not here in person. You see, friends, the fact is sometimes, or, or is it oftentimes, God asks His children to do things and to go places that make no sense. All jokes aside, when that happens, it is painful, it is distressing, it is confusing. What do we do? Like, what do we do with a God like that? And that's what this little book of Jonah, it's only a small little book, he's what Tim Keller calls the prodigal prophet. Most likely around 750 AD. Sorry, 750 BC, not AD. That's what this little book's all about. It's when, when God says go. And especially... When God says go, and it makes no sense. <laughs> like right now, my friend, and you just, you just heard from Pastor Cat. And, and right now, you know, when God says go for us here, Mill Park Baptist Church, when he says, hey, listen, it's great that you got this church here, and, and, and I agree with you, he says, it's a great church, and, and I know you love it but I want to widen my reach in this world through you guys. And if you let me widen my reach through you guys, I will. I'll do it. And, and you're, you're sitting there and you're smart enough to realize that, that if, if he wants to widen his reach, including sending like our much, much loved Catherine, Pastor Catherine, um, and and you know, not just Pastor Catherine, but actually working together to, to raise up a team of people who'll physically go with her to Donnybrook over the course of time as as she discerns what's happening, we explore it, all that, and then as we, as we can actually get a representation, and it's, it's like, like a campus there of Mill Park Baptist Church up there in the north of Donnybrook. So we actually send a team of people physically with her, and we've got a whole army of people standing behind her and being part of it. But you realise, don't you, you're smart enough to realise when you're widening your reach, guess what? It costs money. And you're just talking about widening your reach in the middle of COVID-19. In our state's most diabolical economic state in decades, maybe ever. And you want to you wanna widen? You want to widen? That doesn't make sense, does it? And it didn't make sense for Jonah either. Look at this. This is in the Bible, Jonah chapter 1. It says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. Okay, so friends, you've got to understand this. God, God actually is He's sending Jonah to Nineveh. But you know why? Because he actually wants to warn them. And if you want to warn someone, like you know, when my kids are younger, and I'm warning them, or, or when you're warning your kids, or when you're you know, or, or like when, when you, you know, when I used to referee basketball and you give someone a warning, what are you doing? You're actually giving them a chance like like at least one more chance before doomsday comes these wicked people warn I want you to warn these wicked people in the ancient nation of assyria one of the most cruel and violent empires ever recorded in ancient times friends and I quote assyrian history is as gory and blood-curdling a history as we know. Do you know when they captured their enemies, the Assyrians would routinely cut off both their legs and one of their arms, and then they'd leave the other arm and hand so they could mockingly shake the victim's hand as he was dying. Decapitating victims, commonplace. Forcing family and friends. I know, I know it's abhorrent, but to, to, to parade with the heads of their loved ones on poles. Burning adolescents alive. You get the picture, don't you? Amongst all the other Old Testament prophets, you know, most of them, if, if, you, if you read the Bible and you read these prophets, right, most of them actually stayed in their home country. And sometimes they were prophesying against other nations, but they, it's like me prophesying against Iran or Iraq or wherever, but, but I'm doing it from here in Australia. This time though, Jonah, A, go there, <laughs> go into Assyria, buddy. And, and B, warn them that I'm going to judge them. By implication, give them a chance. Would you sign up for that? Like those people I just told you about, would you sign up to go there? Not only people who are religiously and racially on as different a page to you as different could be, because you, Jonah, like Jonah, you are an intensely patriotic, highly partisan Hebrew. So they're religiously and they're racially different, but also they are beyond inhumane in their sadistic cruelty and violence. Well, it's dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's dangerous, but friends, it's it's, mu- it's it's much more than dangerous. It's like, why should they get warned? They don't deserve to get warned. Let's well, like I felt, you know, when I watched that movie you've seen, Zero Dark Thirty, that movie doco. It's the U.S. Navy SEALs when they when they go in on the mission to capture and kill Osama bin Laden, author of 9/11. And the day the world heard that Osama bin Laden had been captured and executed by the Navy SEALs and then they buried his body. Remember that? They took it in a boat out, out to sea and in an undisclosed location buried his body immediately so no one would ever be able to find it and go and make it like a sacred site or anything like that. Is everyone here like, are you like me? I didn't shed a tear when that happened. I'm like, good riddance, buddy. Not only did it not bother me, (laughs) I liked it. I was happy. Well, you probably know what happened next for old Jonesy boy. By the way, way, does it work? Does it work to run away from God? Look in verse 3. Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction in order to get away from the Lord. He's going to try running away from the Lord. He, he went down to the seacoast, to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping that by going away to the west, he could escape from the Lord. Go to Nineveh. That's what God said, go to Nineveh. That's like telling you, by the way, uh, like say you're in Melbourne here this morning, that's, that's pretty equivalent to saying to you, listen, walk, I mean, because he doesn't have a car, and there's no bus and there's no train and there's no plane, right? So walk. It's just like telling you this morning, hey, listen, walk to Sydney. It's about 900 kilometres. Sydney's a little bit less, but they say 900 kilometres to Nineveh and it's northeast of the city. See the map, all right? And, and I can't point out to you you know like I love if you're in church you you know I love my little pointer don't you but you can see there Joppa right down you know on, on the bay that's on the Mediterranean Sea there modern day Israel and if you look up you know northeast you can see Assyria and there's Nineveh no though just keep looking at the map so Jonah goes down to Joppa he jumps on a boat that's heading to Tarshish, and you can see the arrow there. And best we can tell is that Tarshish is about, about as far west as he can go in the known world. And it's not on foot, it's on a boat, it's on sea. And Hebrews, Jonah's a Hebrew, Hebrews are not experienced seamen. And it's about 4,000 kilometres, nearly due west. you see he's vehemently opposed to what god's asked of him because it is unfair it is unjust and if that's the god that he's following then he's probably not interested i mean did you ever do this i mean i mean do this conclude that because you couldn't see any good reason for God's command, then there couldn't be one. And you doubted it to the core, the goodness, the wisdom, the justice of God. And you absolutely, if you lived in Bendigo, you would join the anti-mosque movement. And maybe you wouldn't sanction the idea of a church like ours unashamedly pursuing being a multi-ethnic church. So, So you'd be like Jonah. And so would I. So have I in my life more times than I can count. Like, go opposite. We do it all the time. Might not be explicit necessarily, like Jonah. But one way or the other, you're not going to Nineveh. (laughs) Not just because you really don't want to, but it doesn't make sense. And that would be right because doesn't it say something in the Bible about that God is slow to anger, abounding in love and mercy and kindness? Doesn't it say something about that? And, and doesn't it say something like Jesus said, I came here to seek and save the lost? And doesn't it say something else like Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and tomorrow? And doesn't it, if you read the whole Bible and you realize that right from the very, very beginning God was a God of mission and it's going to keep going right the way to the end, God of mission, seeking and saving lost people? That would be right, wouldn't it? God's gonna warn them, and you don't want God warning them. You just want those people judged and punished. You want them wiped off the map. And, you, and, and and I mean, quite frankly, hey. I mean when you talk about church, you want a church that's comfortable and you don't have to adjust to accommodate other cultures, and you don't you don't want ethnic groups with cultures that you see as problems. Like you, you, you just like just Comfortable. Like we love being comfortable, don't we? Look at this. George Hunter said this. He said, A majority of ordained ministers in mainline denominations today are afflicted with amnesia. Christianity was launched as a movement of fishes, of men and women. That's what Jesus called it. Yeah. Today we are keepers of the aquarium. While most of our churches would like to catch new fish, the only fish they really want to catch are fish already cleaned the founding geniuses of many denominations could have said with John Wesley the world is our parish but today our parish is our world so no sooner does the ship get right out to sea with Jonah on board than a furious and actually pardon the pun it says in some of the translations of of the Bible uh, it's a a violent storm (laughs) violent and make no mistake, it's, it's God who sends the storm. Jonah, he's found his way right down below deck uh, amongst the cargo and he's fast asleep. He's in, he's in what Winston Churchill used to call blessed oblivion. Sign out, switch off, escape. If you, can, if you can sleep and you've got the weight of the world on your shoulders and you know you're running away from God and everything's really, 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 really bad and if you can sleep, well then sleep, man. That's the best respite you can get seasoned salty crusty old sailors they're up on deck and they're terrified in the storm and they're actually throwing cargo off the boat they're trying to stabilise the ship they're praying to their gods with a small g uh, and, and and it seems like they've forgotten about Jonah till the captain goes down there getting the cargo and he finds him snoring away in the night he says how can you sleep at a time like this he gets him up, he tells him to pray to his God with a big G. And and But but Jonah actually, you know what? Jonah doesn't pray, even though the captain asks him to. And then they do their ancient practice. They get all up to get on the deck. They've got to try and work out what's going on. And, and so they, they cast lots. And, and, and Jonah wins, or maybe he loses the toss. And they realise by casting these lots, like, hey Jonah, there's something going on with you. What have you done, they say, to bring this awful storm down on us? And they yell it at him. And he says, I'm a Hebrew. And I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. Like I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. You see, it's quite possible, it's quite possible, it's quite possible to say that you worship the Lord, the God of heaven. But still try and run away from God. And the God of heaven who made the sea and the land. And then he told them, it's in verse 10, he told them that he was running away from the Lord. Has it worked, do you think? Do you reckon it works to run away from the Lord? Or, Or are you better to get with the program? To and fro and there is, because even though Jonah volunteers, he said, Look, throw me overboard, guys, because that's going to stop the storm. But they're awestruck, these sailors, and, and, and they, 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 they know that there's something big going on. Here. They just got the sense to be able to work it out. And they don't want blood guiltiness on their hands for this man's life. So they keep trying to save the ship. They keep trying to row to shore. But it's clear before too much longer, that nothing's going to work. So reluctantly, apprehensively, finally, they, they actually throw Jonah into the sea and it looks like they actually experience salvation to these guys because they pray before they throw him in they pray after they throw him in and then the storm ceases virtually instantaneously and then they actually offer sacrifices to and the old testament description of Yahweh to Yahweh and they vow to serve him do you know my friend here if you wise are you wise never ever run away from God doesn't work (laughs) it doesn't work and you'll be back here next week won't you because at the end of chapter one it says now the Lord had arranged for a great fish a whale that is and I'm tipping it's a bit bigger than our friends in Oslob Cebu Philippines he arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights Hey, um, getting, back to, getting back to Catherine Jensen. Like if we were going to send, like let, let's say, if we were going to send anyone from our church to spearhead and lead and champion our vision to take the good news and to expand the reach, it's, it's, not, it's not like a Mill Park Baptist. We want to get the name of Mill Park Baptist Church. That's got nothing to do with it. But like uh, our family, our community, our group to actually have a presence there. If we we're going to send anyone, would, would we send our best? Would, would we send a team of guns with her? And, and would we do it during COVID when our whole economy's been shut down? would we would we do that you yeah, look what else has happened in the last year here at this church and would we like would we would we have said let's let's start an arabic service Oh, hold on, hold on. Now now it's clicking over for you. Now you're starting to, because you read, did you? Hopefully you did, hopefully you did. Like, Jeff, I read what you wrote in the memo for the church for this week. I just remember now, Jeff, this is now it's starting to piece together for me because you said something there like, we're going to be unfolding here at Mill Park Baptist Church week by week in November. And today's only the first one. We're going to be unfolding stuff, I said. It's all about about getting, you know, the rest of 2020 leading into 2021. Jeff, Jeff, there's more to come, isn't there? Jeff, what are you saying? Is cat just the beginning? (laughs) Would Would we expand right now? And how... Would I feel, like if I learned, if I really, really learned that God didn't just want me giving lip service to loving and reaching and seeking seriously lost people, but if God actually said to me, hey, you, know, you go, I want you to go, I want you to give, I want you to, hey, I, I, I want you to expand, I want you to, hey, are you wise? Friend, never, ever run away from God. You know, and I... I reckon God God wants you to be thinking this through. You know, here's a suggestion. Always look out, not in. This is where we get to decide, friends. Because, Because you don't and I don't, we don't have to follow Jesus. No one is forcing us to follow Jesus. But I'm telling you now, if we are following Jesus this is who He is. God has been this way from the very beginning and He will be this way to the very end, right? And if you don't like the idea of God saving abhorrent people and people who are racially and religiously different to you, and if you don't like the idea of having to go get those people rather than have them come to you, and if you don't like the idea of, of not living in an aquarium but actually being a fisherman and or a fisherwoman, <laughs> and if you don't like the idea of Assyrian terrorists and racial and religious barriers that you just don't want to cross, then you can choose not to follow. But I just want you to know that if you want to follow, this is who he is. There's no other Jesus. Are you wise? Never, ever run away from God. Hey, we do it all the time, friends. Well, I mean, I do anyway. Like, I, I do the opposite to what He wants. And it's not always that I'm doing naughty things, you know. Like, I haven't robbed any banks this week. But good luck. If, if, you, if you want to run away from God, it never It never works. You reckon Jonah didn't, he goes in the water, didn't get a mouthful of salt water that night, like, you know, gulp it all in. And then right before he got swallowed whole by that mother of a whale shark, I know he didn't have a face mask, or at least I'm I'm pretty sure he didn't. you know, but you don't reckon he might've said, I can't believe I'm doing this. You, You see, If we're going to always look out, not in, listen to really carefully, friends, we can help each other do this. I'd say even not only if we don't help each other do it, we can't do it. We need to help each other because there'll be a day when I need you to help me do this because I want to look in. Was chatting with Deb yesterday. We, we, hey, Deb and I, we went out for we went out for brunch yesterday. It's good to be able to go out and eat somewhere. We went out for brunch and we're sitting there talking. And talking about I'd been reading some stuff that morning. My hero, you know, I've been reading George Mueller about, and he would he written this this inspiring stuff back in the 1800s about how he, he gets just as much pleasure from writing a check. As he gets from um, from banking a check, in other words, you know, someone's given him a check, so he banks it. He gets just as much pleasure to write a check and give it away. And Deb's like, "Yeah, it's going to be good in it to learn to, you know, that it's it's better to actually give than to receive." And she said, "I'm not there yet." And I'm like, "Well, I I feel like I've learned a bit about, you know, that it's it's more fun giving than receiving." Um, But you know what, Deb? Only when it's safe. I love giving. I love giving. More than I love receiving, I'd say. When it's safe. But if it's not safe, not so crazy about it. you wise. Never never, ever run away from God. Um, We can help each other do this. Um, And and then secondly, what about this? What about make out of your comfort zone regular? Yeah? Because Jesus following like sorry, sorry to break it, but Jesus following is not comfortable. He never intended it to be. And it's not. And if we make it comfortable, if it is comfortable and we make it comfortable, then I don't know what it is, but it's not Jesus following. Look at this. The church is the church of the crucified risen Christ, only when it is stamped with His signature, only when it faces outward and moves with Him along the way of the cross. If it's turned inward, you know, because churches can do this, turned inward upon itself, bickering and theological hair splitting. In other words, it's looking in, not out. Loses its identity and its mission. Are you wise? Never ever run away from God, and we can help each other do this too. You know, making you know, you know. Too, by the way, the most extreme example of this whole: go out, not in. Make out of your comfort zone normal, regular. Never ever run away from God. You know the most extreme example. You probably do, don't you? It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Look at this. this is how the Bible describes Jesus, though he was God, and, and just just think that through for a second what that means, friends. He's God, right? That means he's in heaven and he is enjoying, and, and like you know the best way to describe it, you know we use this term like he's enjoying all the lurks and the perks and the loopholes of heaven. Though he's God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. My friend, Jesus did not have to do it. But he willingly and voluntarily stepped out of heaven so that he could come and live on earth for 33 years and die a criminal's death on a criminal's cross to take the punishment, to pay the penalty for your sin nature, for my sin nature. For the sin nature of every person who would ever breathe breath. And He did that to restore us, you know, to take that, that, that spot that we we're in, in total outer darkness. With no hope and no hope of resurrection because when you're dead, you can't breathe life into yourself. Died to restore us from that place of darkness into a place of light. And to give us life. And not just life at some stage in the future, you know, after we die, like that, but to give us life right now. That's the most extreme example I can think of. of of going out, not in. And making an out of your comfort zone regular. And never ever running away from God. Perfect example. Hey friends, um, we're going to celebrate communion together today. Let's, let's say you're you, you tuned in right now. And you're realizing as you say that, you know, I, I don't know that I actually know Jesus. That I'm in relationship with Jesus. Don't try to attach too much of a formula or you know sophisticated brand to it. But, but you know, if we're in relationship with Jesus, it'll it'll be the result of a decision. And sometimes that decision happens over the course of quite a while. Sometimes it's quite you know quite, quite a short lived decision. But it's a decision nevertheless to say, I, I, I recognize that Jesus died on the cross for me. And Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I accept what you did for me to pay the punishment for my sin. I accept your forgiveness for my sin. And now I I, I surrender my life to you. I'm going to live with with you as as the Lord of my life, with you in, in charge. That's what following Jesus is all about and and the bible promises that that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that god raised him sorry if we confess with our mouth that jesus is lord and believe in our heart that god raised him from the dead then we shall be saved if you'd like to do that today you can you can do it right this moment yeah all you got to do all you got to do is um He's like, is just say that to Jesus, you know. And there's going to be a link there for you to click on, so that we can follow you up. We'd love to be able to do that, and then we're also going to celebrate communion all together. And we want you to join us for communion. Devo is going to explain to you in just a minute how to do that. But everyone's welcome, no matter who you are, where you are in the world at the moment, whatever you're doing, wherever you came from, whoever you are. Hey, you can join us. We'd love you to join us because we're going to celebrate communion together. And that's the time when we're actually remembering that Jesus died for us. God bless you. Thanks.